Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Sarah Ellis. And I'm Helen Tupper. And you're listening to the Squiggly Careers podcast, where every week we talk to you about a different topic to do with work and discuss practical ideas and actions to help you find your way through our increasingly squiggly world of work. And this week we're talking about dealing with difficult people, something that I'm sure everyone can relate to, have experienced at some point in their career, and so hopefully something for everyone in this week's episode. And I have to say that um, Sarah went out on Instagram to ask <laughs> our community. Don't tell everyone this. <laughs> I'm going to tell everyone this. Go on, tell you them. can tell everyone. I don't mind. Uh, so Sarah went out on um, Instagram to ask people for their advice dealing with difficult people. But Which the way she phrased idea. it, Let's it was a really a good, good idea. idea. It is a great idea. And we're going to share 10 pieces of wisdom that has come from our community <laughs> as a result of that. But the way Sarah phrased it, it said, she like, did this post on Instagram that was said something like, can you share your advice with me for dealing with difficult people? And then she put a picture of a stress level on and then the word, ah. And then we had all of these people who messaged us with basically like, Sarah, are you all right? Do you need some help and support? (laughs) They probably thought like you had a problem with me and it was like, I need to work out how to work with Helen. (laughs) In hindsight, I was so proud that I had worked out how to ask a question on stories. For people who follow us on Instagram where we're at Amazing If you probably realised relatively quickly that Helen is the brains behind the majority of our social media. I don't know if it's brains, I just (laughs) make it happen. (laughs) You do, much more than I do. So Helen was really busy and I thought, oh, this is a great idea. I can do this. I'm self-sufficient. I did a bit of Googling. And then, yeah, I think I perhaps didn't think about quite how I framed the question. Or I just probably should have said, it's for our podcast. So I got all these really (laughs) lovely comments. But we are going to share lots of them today. So it's it's all worked out. It was, it all did work out. <laughs> so maybe let's start, other than mocking Sarah, though I do like to start a podcast with a bit of mockery. So <laughs> let's start by understanding what do we mean by difficult people? Because I think we do want to draw a distinction between mm. how you can work with difficult people and the difference sort of between difficult people and also when it strays into bullying. I think that's a slightly mm. different topic. So when we're talking about different people and the ideas for action and advice we're going to share today, this is really for the people at work that you have friction with and maybe that friction might lead to frustration it's people that require an additional amount of effort you know when you're like talking to them you're like oh this is hard work (laughs) and also as a result of engaging with them with all of that effort your energy is sometimes depleted as a result so almost you've got an increase of effort and you've got like a decrease of the amount of energy that you get with them sometimes it's those people who feel more like a drain than a radiator it's that kind of thing we mean when we're talking about the difficult people that you might have to work with 
that's different to bullying which is often more sustained and that might be where you feel people are undermining you there's maybe a bit more of a culture of toxicity maybe that becomes quite aggressive at work that takes you to a slightly different place and I think the way in which you respond to bullying and the support that you might need to get from that from different people in the business is different for the action and the control you can take in how you might respond to difficult people at work. Yeah, and I think if that feels kind of more important for you, I think we did talk about microaggressions previously. So that's probably, again, I don't think microaggressions is everything to do with kind of bullying at work. But I think, yeah, today we're not talking about that in terms of what you kind of might do. It's really about going, I think we all have people we work with where we just go, we find it harder. For whatever reason, it's just tougher. And we know we need to do something about it because if you're anything like me, Sometimes those people end up taking up a lot of your headspace. I mean, the amount of time sometimes I've spent like worrying about these people who I'm perhaps not working with particularly well, or it doesn't feel like it's going very well because I'm a reflective person. I really like, I mean, I massively overthink it and that's not useful because that's not, we want to be using our brain power. That's not where we're going to have the most impact. I think the other reason why this is important is our default and I think understandable response and reaction to working with difficult people can be quite victim-like. You know, we kind of talk about going into victim mode and perhaps we feel sorry for ourselves. Maybe we feel powerless. There's nothing we can do that we feel like we've not got control over that situation. And I don't know whether this is necessarily victim mode, but I was thinking you can also get quite into blame mode. I think I've been very guilty in the past of basically blaming difficult people (laughs) for being difficult, not overtly because I'm scared of conflict and I've had to work very hard on my confidence gremlin of conflict. So I'm never going to say that out loud, but certainly in my head, I think sometimes I've not taken action because I've gone, oh, this is their fault, their problem. They're not kind of acting in the right way. But then I still end up thinking about it loads. It's actually a thing I've found really difficult in my career. And it's one of the reasons I went out on Instagram and kind of asked for people's advice. And actually, I went to a couple of my brilliant friends who I really admire, who I've worked with, who I've seen deal with people that they would have found difficult so brilliantly in a way that kind of really inspired me to say, what's your advice? Because I'm I'm not sure I've ever been a real expert at this. I think I've found my way and perhaps got a bit better. But I was thinking about, I'm not somebody generally who's a crier, but the one time I've cried at work has been because of dealing with a difficult person. And actually probably the most emotionally upset I've ever been has always been in kind of these sorts of situations. And not because it wasn't bullying or microaggressions it was just dealing with difficult people and I think because I care so much and I have quite a high level of I sort of feel what other people are feeling this is something I've had to personally work really hard on so I'm looking forward to this because I feel like I need to get better (laughs) well I also think I need to get better probably slightly different reasons because I don't think I over process as much as you I think I quickly (laughs) put people into a difficult person box so as in I'll see someone I'll see behaviors or have like a difficult frustrating interaction and then I sort of default to they are a difficult person and they will forever be a difficult person (laughs) in my mind and I don't always give them I don't know the benefit of the doubt I sort of put them in that box and then I think it then affects my interactions with them over the long term because I have to really really get myself back to like a growth mindset to work with that person in a slightly different way because I just quite quickly go oh difficult person I don't work well with them therefore I won't go out of my way to work well with them. And so today we've got five ideas for action for you. And these are brilliant. I've really enjoyed thinking about what's worked well for me, given I think I was starting from quite a low base in the past, but also getting some inspiration from 
the research that's out there, but also our community. And we're going to finish with 10 top tips from our community. So five ideas for action from us and then 10 top tips. So loads of stuff this week to hopefully help you in a really practical way to deal with, in inverted commas, difficult people. So action number one is about facts versus fiction. And this is something that someone told me probably about 10 years ago, and it's really stayed with me. And the kind of questions to ask yourself are, what's the story I'm telling myself about this situation? And then what are the facts of this situation? So the kind of first one is more about the assumptions you're making, what, you're, what you think might be true, the things you're guessing that people might be thinking about you. And then the kind of second one is very objective. It's got to be things you kind of know to be true that everyone would agree on objectively. What this really helps you to do is make a distinction between kind of your own experience and kind of standing outside of your experience and probably seeing other people's perspective. For me, this really helped to stop me spiralling, as I call it. (laughs) So I think I would have, difficult people would be kind of demons that lived in my head that I would have really thought about and they kind of stayed with me. And it's quite how they've gone from difficult people to demons. (laughs) I mean, we've really increased the impact of these people. Yeah, well, but I think that is true. Like I would think about people on the tube and on my and and it would probably distract me and worry me it would keep me awake at night and for me the thing I need to do is to kind of stop all that process happening quickly I need to stop the spiraling I personally found this really useful when someone said to me have you tried this kind of fact versus fiction and so if I then had a difficult meeting I was thinking oh I'm just not gelling with this person I feel like I'm not gelling and for me that always felt quite unusual because I did build really strong relationships with most people I worked with so it always felt like the exception I'd be like oh we're just kind of rubbing each other up the wrong way and what's happening rather than overthinking it and over processing it as Helen kind of described stopping really quickly so very quickly after a meeting you're just going what's the facts and what's the story and as soon as I started to do that I was like oh do you know what I'm I'm creating this whole like story I quite enjoy storytelling and (laughs) I can come up with ideas and I can be creative so I think I got quite good at doing this to be honest and this was really holding me back and so just by asking yourself those two questions I could just be more objective and just move on and kind of give everybody the benefit of the doubt and just go okay well let's not over worry about this let's keep going let's see how this goes let's take some of the actions the other actions that we're going to kind of talk about today so Hopefully that might help if you're um, anything like me. So our second idea for action is to make the distinction between people that are genuinely difficult, and we'll talk about that a bit more, people that might just be different to you. So maybe they just feel difficult because they're different. And then the third is that people who might be disagreeing with you. Is that why it feels hard to engage with these people? And they all have slightly different impacts on you and they have slightly different ways that you might respond. So, for example, if it feels hard because someone is coming at a conversation or a situation because they are different to you, then that, I think, is a really good opportunity for you to stop and think. Like, what could you learn from that person? If they've got a different perspective, if they've come from a different place, they've got different experience. Whilst that might feel hard, it will increase your diversity of thought. Like if you can think about what can I learn from this person rather than why is it so difficult because they're just different to me and they come from a different place, it can give you a different frame for how you might engage with them. Like think about what you can learn, think about the benefit of diversity and it just might help you to lean into the conversation a little bit more. 
Also, it might feel hard because someone might be disagreeing with you. <laughs> Maybe they're just saying, like, I don't agree with that perspective. And, and, you know, if you're someone like Sarah who doesn't like conflict, for example, that might feel really hard. It might feel like it's almost like a personal attack because they're disagreeing with you. But actually, think about as well what the benefit of them disagreeing with you is. If you understand, okay, well, why do you see it in that way? What is it about this situation that you think could work? And what do you think couldn't work and why? Like, If you get curious about their disagreement, rather than seeing it as sort of like a start of a conflict, it might help you more. I sometimes found this really hard. And an old manager of mine told me about to think of it as challenge and build. So that when you're in a situation with someone, rather than seeing disagreement as conflict, position it in your mind as challenge and build. So you can say, absolutely, I understand that challenge. I completely do. What do you think we could do differently? Like try and frame those conversations rather than just seeing the challenge as the end. And the last thing is that people who might be deliberately difficult. And I think it's quite an important thing to reflect on here. If someone is being deliberately difficult, is it because they might be having a difficult day or is it because they might be a difficult person so if I was reflecting on some of my situations and there was one I mean I'm not going to go into it in too much detail in case this person ever listens I was at Microsoft and I was in a meeting it was like a, a meeting with three people and this person was just really difficult I mean took my breath away a little bit I was like where is this coming from I really felt I oh, really makes me felt, just thinking about oh, it honestly I felt so attacked in this situation I was like whoa what is this about and then that particular individual actually apologized to me afterwards and said you know they just got back from holiday it was pretty it was a, it was a difficult day they had some stuff going on at home and to be honest I didn't say don't worry about it because I don't I don't think it's right but I acknowledged I said you know thank you thank you I appreciate that but I didn't dismiss it and say don't worry about it because I, I it did affect me but that person was having a difficult day they were not a difficult person they were actually a really supportive person who acknowledged the impact of their behavior on me and I think before we leap to conclusions about oh they're a difficult person and, and someone like me who might try and put that person in the difficult person box just work out maybe whether it's a one-off thing or there's something going on for them try and see a situation from where they might be coming from rather than defaulting to branding them a difficult person and Sarah for the people that might be more consistently difficult you've got a, like a bit of a tip I like your tip on this yeah so somebody um once said to me a brilliant tactic because I think I recognized quite quickly in my career that this was something I found hard a brilliant tactic to reboot or restart a relationship is to ask somebody who you are finding really difficult for help because in some way that's almost it's kind of disconcerting and it's not about you influencing or persuading what it does is it demonstrates that you value someone else's experience and expertise and you're not asking for help for the sake of it you genuinely are asking for help but I think it shows a level of empathy and understanding and probably also you're you're acknowledging you're acknowledging that perhaps that things aren't going so well together in terms of your working relationship and you know you might just ask for help in terms of you know one of the things I've noticed is that perhaps I don't understand the area of your business as well as I need to for us to work together really well what could I do to really help me to get to grips with the things that are most important to you or how could I learn a bit more about what your team are doing is there someone I could come and spend some time with could I join a couple of your team meetings so I think it's really you know people sort of talk about the importance of kind of being kind and I think this is sort of about bringing kindness but also just kind of bringing that really genuine kind of desire to think I do want to build this relationship and actually I'm going to do it by kind of starting with kind of asking that person to help me a little bit because perhaps you feel a bit stuck 
you know, you're thinking, perhaps I've tried some of the ideas that we've talked about, and I just, I'm not really making any progress. You're essentially asking that person to kind of help you. And I think that has actually worked really well for me. And I'm someone who feels comfortable and confident asking for help. That's actually not something I find hard. And so it felt like a natural way to rebuild some relationships that perhaps weren't going as well as I'd hoped. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So action number three, I think is my favourite. I don't know if you're allowed to have favourite actions. <laughs> That's just the sort of thing that you and I would have, but it is my favourite. And this is called the if-then approach. And this was one of the things that I got from a couple of my friends who I think are very good at building relationships with lots of different people and have got some really good ways to do that. And so if and then is about how you respond to somebody else's behaviour that you find difficult. So for example, you might say, If I'm finding someone difficult, so that's the if, if I'm finding someone difficult, then I will always aim to understand rather than influence. So that just basically implies if you're suddenly getting in, you're in a difficult conversation, difficult project, rather than perhaps just continuing on relentlessly (laughs) with whatever it was you were trying to talk about or achieve, perhaps you felt like you were really trying to persuade someone, you kind of have this reminder, okay, well, I'm going to reframe that situation and actually just really think about understanding so you know you might go really into kind of question mode asking lots of questions another one for example if I find somebody's behavior difficult to understand then I will approach that relationship with empathy and over invest in that person <laughs> that poor person who's like oh this is not going well <laughs> and then they get me by their side like like a limpet I'm like well I'm, I'm never letting go now <laughs> this has probably been the most useful thing for me even you know now I still use this kind of tool where if I'm surprised by somebody's behavior perhaps I somebody is kind of unusually difficult or that's not what I was kind of expecting actually kind of stopping and thinking okay perhaps I need to kind of ask you know is everything okay have you got some problems that you want to talk through are there any challenges that I can help with 
or, you know, being very, very honest about going, okay, that's not what I'd anticipated. Perhaps we need to kind of explore that together a bit more. And so it's really just about, I think if you can work out your ifs, what are the ifs that you find hard in terms of dealing with difficult people? And then you can work out your thens. And your thens tend to be about asking really good questions, think about how you can have empathy. That might be where you choose to ask for help. That might be where you go, I'm going to overinvest in those relationships. So if then thinking, very useful, actually useful in more situations than just dealing with difficult people. But for me personally, really worked for that area. So the fourth idea for action is to try and spot whether it's about the person or a person or perhaps it's a recurring pattern that might be happening for you with certain people. So if we're having a bit of a moment with someone, sometimes we can only see the person who's causing the friction for us. It's very about us and them in that moment. But if you can take a step back and you can maybe reflect on when else have I found it difficult with people in my career, when else has there been friction, you might be able to spot more of a pattern. So for example, I often, if I look back, a lot of the people that I've had friction with are very detail orientated people. And I think it's because I'm not. So every time I have those people that like dig into the detail and they ask loads (laughs) of questions, I sort of go, well, why are we doing that? We're taking it away from the bigger picture because that's where I come from. Some people might have a pattern of friction with those kind of people that like debate. You know, people Uh, just want to get into it. (laughs) Mine is actually direct. You know, when people are relentlessly direct. Um, (laughs) And I think I sort of, enjoy the shades of grey and enjoy the collaboration etc but when people are just very direct I think I often misinterpret directness for being difficult and maybe it might be like creative thinkers as well like maybe if you're sort of person who's you know you maybe really like clarity and logic and maybe somebody who really like creativity and bigger thinking and explore a bit more before they get to the sort of the outcome that might be quite difficult it makes you think like Am I a difficult person? Well, you know, like actually, we must be. We must be. For some I people, you were about to we go, must actually, be. Yes, you are. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this moment for months. Thank you, podcast, for giving me this opportunity. <laughs> go no, on, but why, we must why do you think be. We are? Well, for those re- like so for, because for almost, everyone if, is ultimately at yes, some point. All exactly that. I think everybody <laughs> is a difficult person to somebody, and yeah. so because I like pace and moving things forward. To somebody that's a thinker and wants to take it more slowly and be more considered, I'm probably at times really irritating. I think everybody's a difficult person to somebody. And my point here is, maybe you can spot a pattern, maybe you can't. But if you can spot a pattern, if you do see some consistency in the people that you find hard to work with or hard to interact with, that might be more about you than them. And it's worthwhile thinking, what do you miss out on if you consistently have friction with those kind of people so if every time I see a detail-orientated person I go oh you're not going to be the sort of person that I work well with what am I missing there I'm missing someone that could probably make my work better I'm missing somebody who could fill in some of the gaps that I have in where I'm not so good but I might be going out of my way to avoid engaging with those people so just think about it as it might be more about you than them and it might be more about the time that you should now take to reframe what the benefit of finding a way to work with those people better might be. And on that point, one of the books that quite a few people recommended to us, and actually I'm only kind of halfway through, so we're not really talking about it today, is a book by Thomas Erickson called Surrounded by Idiots. And I think what I'm starting to kind of understand from that book is essentially what he's saying is we're not surrounded by idiots. We're actually just all different. Often the more different we are, the harder it is, the kind of more likely you are to interpret difference as difficulty 
And the last idea for action before Helen gives kind of the top 10 rundown of tips from our community is about minimizers. So I do think dealing with people who you find difficult is draining. It is hard. And as Helen said, you can only really control your own behavior and your own reaction. And sometimes I think it is okay to think about, well, how can I minimize the negative impact that that person might kind of have on me? And you can do all of the things that we've kind of described today. And it's all about kind of it's very adult to adult, isn't it? It's really trying to kind of be nuanced and very kind of grown up in your approach. I think it's very easy to get quite immature when you think about difficult people. But there are some tactics and I think these are really tactics rather than kind of more sustainable actions. So things like think about the time you spend with that person and can you control that time? If you can, sometimes we can't, but you might think about is it better to spend time with that person at the start of the day or at the end of the day? And maybe what do you do straight after spending time with somebody? I actually remember spending time with somebody who I did find difficult and it really helped me to go for a run after I'd spent time with that person. I think just a little bit get it out of my system because I think I'd had to work really hard and I was really trying hard to build that relationship. But it is hard because that person was very different to me. Include other people in those conversations who can help you. So perhaps those people can be a bridge. If someone is perhaps a bridge between where you are and where that other person is, don't be afraid to kind of do that. Don't feel like you have to kind of do this all by yourself. And sometimes I think it is important to kind of remind ourselves of our own successes, of look at all the relationships that you do have that are brilliant and that go really well and think, okay, so where do I already build brilliant relationships? Let's not beat ourselves up too much. And which are the relationships that perhaps I would like to overinvest in or kind of see if I can get them to a different point and just see it all as a process rather than a kind of a, I'm failing over here, but succeeding over here. Okay, so now, after you've heard our five ideas for action, let's share our 10 top tips from our community. So I'm going to run through them and make sure I try and mention everybody as well. So number one is ask how they are. And that's from Michelle at PJoys. Number two was spend more time understanding them. It's rare that somebody comes to work to be mean, which I thought was good. That was at 34B. Tip number three was about try and remember that 99% of the time, it's likely not to be about you. And that was wise words from Sailor Shane. Number four was choose your battles carefully. That's at It's All Good. Five was befriend them to understand their point of view. And if that doesn't work, kick in with the kindness. (laughs) That was from Jazz MBS. Tip number six was take a deep breath. Draft an email and don't send it and confide in a good colleague. (laughs) I feel that was advice to you from at Four Women of Will. I would never do the draft email though because I think I would be so nervous about sending it by accident. I mean, I I might do it in like a notes page. I think maybe sometimes even writing it down. I think confiding in a good colleague is lovely advice though. Tip number seven was to find some common grounds like hobbies or interests. That was from At Home with Laura. That was a great one. Number eight, another person saying just take a deep breath, but they specifically (laughs) said breathe before you speak, which I thought was good. Like pause the reaction. That was from Anna Q. Vabatilis. Number nine was check and understand your emotions before you respond to avoid escalation. I thought that was a good thing to kind of look inward before you kind of react outwardly. That was from at Mark at Web Wild. That's my favourite. Ah, yeah, that's really good. And tip number 10 was try to stay calm and professional and then listen to a song that makes you feel more positive. And that was from Emily Harrison, 29. Though I have slightly changed because her suggestion of the song, I didn't want to say it out loud because it's a a swear word. It was that Lily Allen song that goes... (laughs) It's a little bit rude. I didn't want to say it, but that was her suggestion of the very specific song. And if you don't know it, you probably just think I'm humming a random song. And actually, we didn't include it, but it it really did make me smile. I think 
because some people did interpret this as I was having a bad day, <laughs> someone just said to me, it's okay to just go and have a little cry. <laughs> so I do actually now feel like all these people were like going, oh, it's okay, Sarah, you can do it. Um, oh, it's so thank nice you for that everyone person. was helpful, really <laughs> kind. So I really hope you found that useful today. I think it's something that we're probably all working on all of the time. As always, we'll include links and resources and some suggestions for things to read, watch and listen to as part of the podcast notes. And we've got a couple of really interesting podcast episodes coming up that we just wanted to mention before we finish today. We're going to do an episode on reskilling. So a bit of a hot topic right now in terms of people perhaps in industries that have been really affected by coronavirus this year. Does that mean we need to reskill? Do we need to kind of look within our own industries and think about what our transferable strengths are, what that might look like? And we're going to be interviewing a couple of really interesting people for that episode. And then we've got a great Ask the Expert with a lady called Shelley Archambault. She was the first black CEO in Silicon Valley and she's written a book called Unapologetically Ambitious and I think I was definitely apologetically ambitious for a good first 10 years of my career and she, I mean her story is inspirational, kind of her personal story, she's achieved a lot professionally but actually she's also really practical in her advice so if you have time for an extra episode this week I'd really encourage you to have a listen and let us know what you think. So thanks very much everybody and we'll be back with you soon, bye! Thanks, everybody. Bye for now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.